You are listening to Meet the Thriller Author, the podcast for interview writers of mysteries, thrillers, and suspense books. I am your host, Alan Peterson, and this is episode number 63. In this episode, I'm going to be interviewing Philip Donnelly, who has been a flight instructor, flown a private jet for a Saudi prince, and for 28 years flew a corporate jet for a Fortune 500 company. Uh, Philip is licensed to fly six different uh, jets and has logged nearly 14,000 hours of flight time and his travels have taken him to over 40 uh, countries on five continents and although he's no longer flying he now divides his time between Montana and the Pacific Northwest Uh, but Philip has been able to combine his passion for flying and writing into uh, writing these uh, best-selling novels uh, featuring pilot Donovan Nash. The eighth one in that series, Speed the Dawn, is uh, being published uh, today, uh, Tuesday, March 6, 2018, which is when I am publishing this podcast. So you can go check it out on Amazon, on Barnes & Nobles, wherever you like to uh, purchase your books and ebooks. Uh, you'll be able to check out uh, Speed the Dawn. I received uh, an advanced uh, copy, uh, and it is a very good Book, fast action, highly recommend it. Uh, go check it out. Uh, but without uh, further ado, let's get right into the interview with uh, Philip Donnelly. We'll learn more about uh, Speed the Dawn, his other books about flying, and a whole bunch of more stuff. So stay tuned for that interview coming up right now. Hey, everybody, this is uh, Alan with uh, Meet the Thriller Author. And for this uh, episode of the podcast, I am talking with uh, Philip Donnelly on Skype. How are you, Phil? Alan, I'm good. How are you today? I am doing uh, well. I'm uh, very excited to have you on. Thank you so much for uh, agreeing to be on the podcast. Uh, uh, my pleasure. It's uh, in fact you're the you're the, the the test subject here. This is the first interview that I've done for the new book. So we're we're uh, I'm treading on unfamiliar territory in terms of of, of Speed the Dawn. Oh, all right. Well, that's kind of cool then. Like the first one. <laughs> Yes, Be the Dawn, that's, that comes out on March 6th. We're recording this a little bit before March 6th, but by the time uh, the, everyone is listening to this, the the book is going to be out, so uh, go grab it. Uh, Phil was uh, nice enough to send me an advanced copy, and I've been enjoying it uh, so far. It's, uh, it's been a really good read, and we'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, but Phil, can you tell uh, the uh, listeners about yourself, your background? and Well, I was, uh, I was raised in Kansas, and I got bit by the airplane bug really early on in my life. Um, my grandfather had a private pilot's license, and he took me up as best we can piece it together. I was about four years old, scared me to death, and I couldn't wait to do it again. So that kind of started a lifelong love affair with airplanes. And I got my pilot's license when I was in high school. By the time I was 19, I was a flight instructor. And by the time I was 20, I was flying a jet for a Saudi sheik living in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. So it was a it was a fast climb and uh, and I did it for 33 years professionally. Not over there. I was lucky enough to come back. In in that, you know, I was always a reader. And so I finally made a promise to myself that I'd try to write a book and it's it's way harder than it looks, first of all, just from a reader's standpoint. And uh, I finally got there. And so I have I don't fly anymore. I write full time. And this book is number eight in the Donovan Nash series, and uh, and I'm I'm very pleased with this one, and I'm excited about uh, its prospects. So, how how would you describe your uh, your books in uh, the Donovan Nash series to someone who might not be familiar with your work? 
Well, you know, they're they're action thriller, suspense, espionage with a with a little romance thrown in, and so and they have a kind of a scientific or a a natural disaster sort of element to them. Um, I've always liked that as a pilot. I've you know I've dealt with weather every day, and and so and I've and I've pretty much been to every place that I write about in my books. There's a a book aftershock, which is actually is coming out in paperback, um, and we will be out in paperback by the time this airs. It takes place in Guatemala, and I was inspired when I flew to Guatemala and I saw all the volcanoes. So, the uh, I think I get compared to Michael Crichton a little bit, and Clive Cussler a little bit. So they're, but they're nice crossover books. I have strong female characters, uh, and that really has appealed to uh, a, a wider audience than than some thrillers. And. I, uh, I had a son in, in junior high when I first started writing, and I decided that I wanted him to be able to read them. So I made the conscious decision to have, there's no swearing in this books, any of them. So, uh, and people have remarked on that too, that they enjoy that, that, you know, you don't need to, uh, you don't need to, to, to drop a lot of F-bombs to make your point. And uh, in fact, you won't ever find one of those in my books. No, that's interesting. Yeah, that's been uh, something that's been very popular. Uh, I have a couple of interviews of uh, others that I've interviewed that have been doing that, and they obviously get a lot of great feedback about that. About the, you know, as you said, not a lot, of, not a lot of f bombs or any at all. So it's an interesting uh, trend that I've been no- noticing uh, lately here. Well, that's not to say that there's not a lot um, in the process of writing books. No, I, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I will say that, but none of them make it into the book. <laughs> yes, yeah, along with the forehead slamming into the into your desk. <laughs> there's a lot, there's a whole list of, of neurotic behavior that 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 authors seem to acquire while they're writing. Be the Dawn. That's the latest book. Here's the plot on, on, on that one. The premise on Speed the Dawn is that I wanted to tie some things together. And you write a series, you you you're you're always creating loose ends and then you tie them back up and and there was a there was a character and I'm trying not to make any spoilers here but there was a character a much beloved character there was a he was kind of left hanging so this book was kind of a it was kind of aimed at him he was popular uh, he's not he's not with the ecowatch people anymore ecowatch is the is the fictional Nonprofit organization that seeks to find better answers to the problems that we have with the natural disasters and the environment. And so, I was—I uh, looked—I found the place. I, I knew I wanted a fire. And by the time a thriller writer gets done with a with a with the concept of a match, it's a blowtorch because that's what we do. So, this book brings all the characters together in Monterey, California, and they're going to christen this this ocean-going research ship, and it's going to be a big party. Everybody's happy, and and then we have a meteor. There's a meteor strike. So that creates lots of chaos, but what it does mainly is it creates forest fires, and it creates forest fires and urban fires, and that's just the worst of, of both worlds. So the entire book takes place in the 12 hours that it takes for the initial meteor strike, I guess you'd call it, and a resolution that that looks like it might work because the fire is not only threatening Monterey and Monterey County, 
it is threatening the entire Bay Area. So there's lots at stake, and there's lots going on. The reviews so far have been unanimously positive. In a book that takes place in 12 hours, there's a lot of stuff in there. So it's a fast-moving read. My advice to readers is don't think you're just going to read a chapter or two before you go to bed, because that that's one of my biggest <laughs> complaints. People write me and say, you owe me a night's sleep. So um, it is a fast-moving, fast-paced book, and there's a lot of stuff, and there's some and there's some cool stuff, and it's all based on science. Um, I did a lot of research with this book because I don't know a lot about it, and but I do now. And I got to uh, I got to hang out at the at the National Forest Service Fire Lab in Missoula, Montana. Talked with one of the one of the scientists there, and we we played with fire in the fire lab, and that was that was worth the price of admission right there. So there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff in this book. It's a lot of moving parts, but I think. In the end, it it it's uh, it's a very satisfying, fast read. Yeah, that's a, I've I've been reading the reading it, and, and you're absolutely right. Even now, I'm kind of like looking like huh, because I kind of left. The, I'm on the fifth chapter. I was like, oh, I wonder what happened now. But yeah, you, you start right off the gate with uh, with with some, with great action and a lot of stuff going on. So yeah, I think uh, uh, people who like the high, the fast paced. Uh, uh, action-packed type uh, novels are, are going to enjoy it. They're going to be in for a, for a ride. Well, that's what that's, that's what they talk about. Thriller writers, we you know we start and blow something up, yeah. and then and and now that we got your attention, now we'll start the story. Now, something that we uh, chatted a little bit before I hit the hit recording. Uh, I live in I live in San Francisco, the Bay Area. So it's always fun to see. You know, the Bay Area seems to get destroyed a lot in movies and books, <laughs> and um, but. Uh, uh, there's been a lot of fires uh, in Northern California, actually the entire state of California. So I was kind of thinking about that as I was reading, because you must have been seeing that in the news as you were writing this. Uh, did that affect you at all, or did it make you ponder anything, or how did that affect anything at all? Well, the the the, the latest round of fires, um, the book was already written. So, you know, and I, it's my experience with fires was was in Montana, where I spend summers a lot of times, and so. And I have been close enough to see the flames and to, to pull over so the first responders can get get to the fire and and uh, it's a you know it's a fearsome thing. It's uh, they're almost they almost feel like that they're that they're alive when they're big and you can and they're just they're just chewing along and they and it's they're they're fairly relentless and so that kind of spawned the idea of trying to write a thriller based on a fire. The fire in Speed the Dawn is almost a character. Um, and it's, it's almost, uh, and it is, you know, the, the, the main adversary in the book. So as I watched this, this summer with California and the fires and, and, I had a, I had a deeper understanding of what they were doing and trying to do. I, I had, I had a lot of sympathy for the people that were there and affected and, and being, being evacuated is just something we're not, we're not accustomed to. Um, I grew up in Kansas and, and the, you know, we'd have tornadoes and we'd have to, you know, flee to somebody's cellar or something in the middle of the night, but, and it was over, it was over in 20 minutes, but the fires would just march on. And I think that would be, be very difficult. And I, uh, you know, I have a new sympathy for the, for the people that, that, that are going to deal with that because I think it's an ongoing problem. So uh, when you decided that you said you, you you wanted to try to write a book, did you focus on thrillers and mysteries? Is that because is that what you enjoyed to to read? 
Yeah, well, absolutely. Um, you know, you're right what you what you want to read. Um, and those are the those are the books that I love. And so, uh, on my in fact, on my website, there's a there's a list of of authors that have inspired me. And and uh, most of them were, you know, as early on, I sort of got imprinted on on thrillers. And and like a lot of writers, I started with the Hardy Boys. You know, and that was that was thrilling when, you know, I'm 10 years old and I'm reading those books and it's just like, Oh, this is so awesome. And then Clive Custler was an influence. I was reading his books when I was in high school and Wilbur Smith. So yeah. And then there's some airplane stuff, uh, that influenced me as well. So I, you know, I do get to combine my knowledge of aviation. I do weave that in and out of the story to various degrees. Not only do I bring the, the reader inside the airplane, I bring him in the cockpit. And so I think that's a that's an aspect that adds a little more uh, oomph to the story because that for most people is it, it is a mystery. So yeah, I think first and foremost I w- I would always write thrillers or suspense books. Um, they're just they're they're fun to read. They're fun to write. Yeah, the aviation aspect to it is is a lot of fun. Uh, it's not something that's I don't can't think of any other. I mean, there's a classic. You know, was it Arthur Haley? I think. Airport or whatever, right? Yeah, so that's the that's the only one that can even comes to mind. So uh, um, it's kind of a uh, a cool uh, uh, subgenre of the thrill of thrillers uh, to do it. Uh, uh, have it aviation based, and and also the natural disasters too that that permeates in your in your books too. So it's a kind of a cool mix. Uh, so, so that's just sort of grabbing your interest and then your love of thrillers and kind of like mixing it all together. Huh? Well, that's the recipe that that I eventually landed on. My very first book was uh category five and it and it dealt with a hurricane and i had i had weathered an actual hurricane on the east coast and that was a different experience it's and that started it and then my second book was code black and code black is the highest level of snow emergency at chicago o'hare airport so that's that's kind of my tip of the hat to all of the aviation um writers that have written before me that inspired me. So that's almost all aviation. And then I kind of branched out and, you know, with the natural disaster, we've got, we've had, um, I mentioned the volcano book. We've had environmental disasters. There have been, um, terrorist inspired disasters. Uh, Donovan Nash, who's my lead character, uh, and his, band of people at EcoWatch have uh, have saved the world several times over. So it's uh, and it's it's been a fun and continues to be a fun ride for me at least. And is each book in the series um, even though it's part of a series are they standalones like uh, you you or you don't have to read them in order because I started reading the Speed of the Dawn and I, I didn't have any problem even though I hadn't read the other uh, books. Now, you know the my publisher and I we work to try to keep the, you have to keep the continuity, of course, because it, it is a series. Um, and but it's but each book has to be a standalone. You have to so readers uh, like yourself or anybody that might be listening, jump into the pool anywhere. I mean, it's just it, you're not going to be left in the dark. Um, you may go back to the first one and 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 start there, but it's um, you won't be lost. And there and the books are self-contained, so it's you know there's not giant cliffhangers that that uh, that leave you for a year while i'm trying to figure out what happens <laughs> next you can 
you can jump in anywhere, and uh, and I encourage you to do so. Yeah, I, I just got the uh, uh, image of uh, George R. R. Martin. People have been waiting like ten years for <laughs> for his book now. <laughs> I know, so yeah, I wouldn't do that to you, but um, but they are, you know, there is a. You know there is an underlying progression in the characters, and you know if and, and people seem to enjoy that that have started and read them all, and um, so I I try to add a little bit of that to each book. So there's there's the, the the welcome aboard book for the people that maybe haven't read them before, and then there's the there's the the underlying kind of story that weaves in and out that that the people that have been reading it will appreciate. When you start to preparing to write a book, um, it seems like you did a lot of research. Uh, you, you said for Speed of the Dawn, you went, uh, you met with the, the fire expert in the forestry service. So h- how much research and preparation do you put in before you even start writing? And do you do like a big, like a, do you outline the entire novel before you sit down to write? You know, I have to, I do a lot of research because I do have been writing about science and, and nature there are some knowns that I have to deal with, and there are and there are boundaries, and and so I have to understand the limits of where I can can and can't go, and then there are they're complicated enough, and and like I said, this book takes place in you know in twelve hours, so there are I have to do a, a proof of concept. I don't actually call it an outline so much, but I have to make sure that everything that I want to do in the in the time frame actually works and some of my books um last year's book seconds to midnight takes place on two different continents so i have to sit down and and i have to work out time zones and and who's doing what when and and um so it's it's it is complicated at least in the in the planning stages and once if i do the planning stage right then the rest of it's fairly easy and uh but there is that proof of concept that says, okay, this fire, I want this fire to do this. Is that possible? Or, and then I talked with uh, people at Cal Fire and you know, learned a little bit of, of their mindset. And the Forest Service, of course, was, was, was wonderful. Um, and then and I do a lot of research with um, you know, just the geography. I, I actually went and stayed in in monterey for two months and did a lot of the research there which is not entirely tough duty um so beautiful area down there (laughs) it's one of my favorite places so um yeah so there is a lot of research and 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 i get surprised as well because i start writing and then i never stay on course and so i you know i'll veer off on some other some other track and and uh and i'll have to stop and get and do more research, and that's just part of the part of the program. But it's, I do, and so when you read about fires in this book, it's, I didn't make it up. Everything everything happens uh, that can happen, and and it can happen. I think the tagline I've heard before is, is, it's not that it can't happen in terms of the storylines in my books. It just hasn't happened yet. And is that something? Do you find like when you reach out to uh, the the professionals in these air, in these dif- different areas, are they receptive, or is it like oh, uh, a writer's calling me? <laughs> uh, it you know it depends. I think I think uh, if you're prepared, you know, if if you 
if you approach it like like a professional and, and treat them like a professional, I think that helps a lot. Um, there and you always reach out, you know, via email nowadays first, and so you can you can kind of tell, you know, a little bit about their response. If, if they don't have time, I certainly understand. Sometimes it's difficult. I I in one of my books, I needed a really big man-made explosion. And that's difficult information to get nowadays, which is as it should be. So it was it was a very delicate process. And I was finally able to talk to a professor at a college that dealt with um, mining. And because they do all kinds of controlled explosions. And he was nice enough uh, to help me out. But if he hadn't, I don't know. I'm. And I'm always still able to just make stuff up. I, I do have that I do have that at my disposal as well. But I do like to make it make it as realistic as possible. So do you so do you find any similarities between uh, your yourself and your main characters in your books? Well, you know, other than he's way better looking, the taller, more <laughs> money. Uh, we both have about the same flying skills. I think is about the only correlation. Um, so, you know, I think my characters are all, there's a little bit of me in all the characters. Um, my, my son, who's, who's, uh, he's 30 years old now, but he, he reads these and, and from his vantage point, he hears me in all the characters, <laughs> you know, he, he, he knows how I talk. So, um, I think that's kind of, a. a, a an assessment of, of the, the writing. I, they're all just amalgamations of people I've met and, uh, and the, and the quirks I want them to have. And, and, uh, so there's, you know, there's a little bit of me in there, but not, not much. <laughs> <laughs> so when you start writing, um, when you're in the writing process of writing a project, um, do you have like a set schedule and do you try to get, you know, X amount of words per day in? I just kind of curious uh, how that works for you. You know, I'm not a big word count guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I what I what I practice is the it works for me is this, is the full immersion writing thing. And I'm lucky enough uh, in the past few years, I would uh, I'd go on book tour in the spring because my books always come out in March, and then um, I do the bulk of the of the research, and I can start that while I'm on book tour, which is nice, um, and then. I like to be parked somewhere quiet for at least three months. Um, and I've been going to Montana and doing that. And so the, the routine is you get up you get up in the morning and make some hot tea. And I sit down and I pretty much know where I'm going to start. I, I, I leave off the day before knowing exactly what the next sentence is. So that kind of jump starts it and I get going. And, and so I write. And I'll write for... I'd like to get a chapter done, really, um, or more. You know, it's maybe maybe 10, 12 pages, and then I and then I quit. I break for the day, and it's I have lunch, do any chores I need to, and then one of the one of the I have to get out of my head at some point. So I go and and I try to I try to do a little fly fishing. Um, it's something I'm I'm getting better at. I'm still I'm still a work in progress in that regard, but. Um, and by the time I get done doing that, I back to the cabin and it's happy hour. And so you just, it's, it, it's repeat as necessary until you have a rough draft. And I don't, 
I don't ever go back. I write page one, June 1st, and I don't ever go back and read page one again until maybe October. Um, I just get the rough draft done. I print it out along with you know all of my notes of stuff I need to change, want to change, should change, maybe change that I just have thought of along the way. And, and then I just, it's like, geez, I just put it away and let it, let it ferment. <laughs> so, and then I start, I start the rewrites and, and I do that in, in, as, in as little time as possible, just so, cause it's like spinning plates. I mean, you've got to, you've got to keep all of these things going in your head and you make one change on page five, you have to then make sure and check everything that, that it alters for the rest of the manuscript. So it's a it's their concentrated bursts is how I write um, the shortest I've ever done I wrote aftershock in the rough draft in seven weeks it usually takes longer than that but someday maybe it'll take less than that and do you use a do you use a word or what do you use yeah. to yeah yeah okay. yeah word and and uh, it's I did I do have to laugh at myself sometime when I first started tinkering with writing computers really weren't around yet so i had a little tiny word processor where i could see like four lines at a time <laughs> and i was just pack at it and um and then it's not uncommon for me to be sitting here in front of my monitor and then looking at stuff on my tablet that i have that i have saved and then asking my phone questions so the high-tech thing is 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 firmly got its its grip on me i'm not great at it but i certainly do use it yeah i remember the old uh, that little brother uh, uh, typewriter the like the kind of word processing typewriter <laughs> yeah yeah uh, yeah back in, back back in the day but those, that was distraction free though <laughs> you couldn't get it on the internet or anything because it wasn't around for, for the Regular people. <laughs> no, and I remember going to the library. Yeah, <laughs> going through the card catalog. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a, now, now we're really a aging ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's it's been a remarkable step forward in technology, and uh, and I I'm I'm happy about that. <laughs> yeah, it is nice. Yeah, I, sometimes I see people. Um, uh, with a like an old school typewriter, you know, from like way back, and they're like yeah. typing on that. And I'm like, why? <laughs> they're usually young, so you know, I think they think it's cool or fun or whatever. But it's like, whoa. <laughs> well, it's certainly retro, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, that is true. I can remember in junior high. I think they made us take typing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was not very good, <laughs> and I'm not good now. It didn't. That didn't. That part didn't catch very well. So I still do type. It's it's it's. I'm sure I'm not the only one, but um, I type with two fingers. Mm -hmm. I fairly fast, but I don't. I can't touch type, and I'm and I'm too old and cantankerous to learn at this point. Yeah, you see, so that's good for for lis listeners out there who are aspiring writers, and and you, you might not think you have the typing chops. Uh, see, you don't really. As long as you got the story down, and you'll you'll, you'll get through that part. <laughs> well, it's just yeah, it's a matter of, of what ends up on the screen. However you do it, people can you, know, you can talk into it now. You can, yeah. you can type, and um, 
I think my, and I don't use this, but my tablet has a stylus. I can actually write on the screen and then it'll save it as a document. So there's a, there's a lot of different ways and, and you and you and you figure out what works and then writers are kind of a superstitious lot so we don't change much once we once we find once we get published we don't we don't we don't change much I think because there's just a hesitation to 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 do that and and uh, so I, I write the same at book nine than I do than I did at book three so it's the same process yes it's kind of like Lee Child who always starts at the same day he starts a new Jack Reacher on the same exact day in September. I can't remember the date, but <laughs> I, I, I did not hear that because I, I'm, I'm a June first guy. Oh wow, so. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's a Lee Child thing. Yeah, he he starts on the same exact date in September. <laughs> he sits down and gets to work. So is that something now you're already uh, uh, getting gearing up in the next few months? Then for the next one, are you writing another? Are you continuing the Donovan Nash uh, uh, series? You know, I'm I'm doing research. I'm doing. I'm in my proof of concept um, stage here, and so I'm not. You know, I'm not quite sure. There's a there's several several ways to go here. There, you know, there could be a. Uh, I'm toying a little bit with with maybe a spinoff um, of of one of the characters just to just to write something new. Um, yeah. You know, it would be it'd still be you know tremendously connected to the to the series, but it. You know, there I've I've come up with some interesting interesting characters, and I think it'd be fun to maybe maybe explore them a little bit, or or put them in the in the uh, in the forefront of the book, and kind of kind of shift the, the points of view around a little bit. So I'm I'm, I'm tinkering. <laughs> and do you still find time to read? Reading that's a hard question. Reading has become one of the casualties of, of being an being an author. And so I don't read as much, and I and it, I, that frustrates me. I, I don't want to read while I'm writing. I don't ever do that. Um, I turn into a magazine junkie. Mm-hmm. So that is, you know, that's a kind of a sore point in my world. It's uh, it's a little like flying. You know, I love to fly. I used to go fly for fun, and, when I, and then when I started doing it professionally, I didn't do it for fun anymore. So. I don't know if that's a natural occurrence, um, but I don't read. There are a few authors I do read their books uh, just because I love their I love what they write so much. And but I don't. I'm just you know I'm not reading three books a week like I once did. And you mentioned earlier about the your the book tours. Uh, is that something that you would be doing this for uh, Speed the Dawn as well? Yeah, I uh, I'll leave Utah and I, I go to a there's a. Um, there's a conference, Left Coast Crime, they call it, and it, it's uh, it's for and by authors, and, and uh, so that's it's in Reno this year, and I always try to go to that. It's it's typically in March or or it's right around book release, so it's so I go there, and that's that's great because you get to hang with other authors, and we're kind of a solitary bunch, and so you know to to hang out and 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 talk talk shop um, with other writers is amazing, and then from there. I go back to the Midwest and I hop around. My tour schedule will be up on my website um, here in the next few weeks, I hope. So yeah, it's a it's a way to go and connect with 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 your fans and the people that that have been following you and read you and, and you meet new people too. And it's and it's it's a little it's the travel is a little 
frustrating at times. But the, when I'm when I get done with with book tour, it I always feel I always feel really good about it. You know, I I meet a lot of people. I, I hear I hear nice things, and and uh, you know that's a that's kind of payback um, for you know all the Friday nights that I sit you know in front of the computer and do research and stuff. So it's I, I do like it, and uh, and I like radio too. This is this is awesome because um, I can you know I can just talk normally and I and I'm not in a room full of people, which is not my favorite thing. So um, yeah, it, it's nice to reach out and and, uh, and share things with people. Yeah, and so yeah, you, and your website is uh, uh, philipdonley.com, and I'll have links to that on on on, on the website, uh, but. Uh, yes. Yep, that's it. So there's, there's, it's all up to date except for the tour schedule. I said that'll be up shortly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all the books are on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and uh, um, just all the usual outlets and uh, and I Goodreads. See, and I see, Goodreads. Oh yeah, interesting because it's you know there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of reviews there that aren't you know that are that they're not the industrial reviews that you know like the like Publishers Weekly and stuff, it's 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 a little more grassroots, I think. So there's you can get a sense of what these what these books are about by Amazon reviews and Goodread reviews. Yeah, I was just checking out your website too, and I just noticed the Seconds to Midnight was uh, best of 2017 from Suspense Magazine. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> that, that was very cool. I was I didn't I didn't know that was happening until my publisher called me and said. You might want to pick up the you know the December issue and and they did it was uh, that's very rewarding for me um, so you know if you're good if suspense magazine says it's one of the best of 2017 who who are we to, to argue with them yeah exactly yeah well you, got, you you've had some pretty amazing uh, write-ups though I've seen the you got the from the late Vince Flynn was one of my favorites uh, so that's pretty that must be a pretty cool when uh, when but something like that is praising your work. <laughs> well, Vince was, I lived, I was living in Minnesota. That's where I was. I was there. In fact, my first two books were published while I was still flying. Oh, okay. And so I was in Minneapolis and, and I just can't say enough about the, the writers community, um, the artist community in Minneapolis. They're just extraordinary people. And I was talking with a, a guy I worked with and he's, and I told him I had, I'd written this book and, and, um, he said, "You know, he says I got a buddy that's that's a writer. He says I, I'm going to have him call you, you know." And so I'm, I'm like, "Sure." And and so he, and he says his name's Vince Flynn, and I'm like, "You've got to be kidding me!" <laughs> and the next day, Vince Flynn called, and we met and had coffee for an hour, and that was one of the most extraordinary hours I've ever spent in terms of of my literary career. And he he just he he. He told me how it was, and and he's bless his heart. He's he was not wrong about anything, and he he was. Uh, and then he read the book, which he d- didn't have to, and gave me the blurb, and was was uh, kind of a mentor. Um, and I was really, really I still miss him. I mean, he's he died way too young, um, but that was that was an extraordinary place and at that time when I was there John Sanford um, was I met him and and William Kent Kruger is a buddy and and there it's a it's a great place and that's um, like Minneapolis is where I go for a book tour for the most part because that's 
those people are still astounding. And the, and the, and there's a lot of, I think Minneapolis is one of the most literate states mm-hmm. in the country. And there's a lot of readers there. And, and um, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah the love mysteries and the thrillers and suspense. Yeah, it's a bit. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's funny that you mentioned uh, William Kent Kruger because I was just uh, in St. Paul uh, with my fa- uh, visiting my wife's family uh, for Christmas, and my father-in-law mentioned William Kent Kruger. I had I wasn't familiar with him, and I just uh, read uh, his uh, my first book of his just like two months ago. It was awesome, but what a small world! <laughs> yeah, he's and, and and he is awesome. He's one of the he is one of the class acts um, that that I've run into in this business. Um, to, to listen to him talk to an audience is if if anybody wants to to just be wowed, go listen to him talk and and then read his books. He's a he's an extraordinary guy. Yeah. Um, and so that was again one of the benefits of of living in Minneapolis was, um, you know, I've sat down and had a beer with him and and talked and and one of the things I get to do is I as a as a former pilot, I'm the expert that some people call when they want to know airplane stuff. So, so I've helped Vince or not Vince, but I helped, uh, Kent with, uh, an aviation section in one of his books and, and, uh, and different people it, that, and that's always kind of fun because their writers are so guarded about what their plots are and stuff, and, but they want help. And, and, and so it's, it's always an interesting, interesting process that, yeah, it's cool to get like a little sneak peek before as the as it's uh, as the magic is happening. <laughs> yes, yeah. Now those books I do read. They, the writers are are kind enough. Typically, you know, they'll send you an advanced copy, and then you can you know you can kind of see what they did with your information, and and uh, and it's pretty spot on. I have to say they you know they they take you at your word, and and uh, but it's fun. It's 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 fun to do that. Okay, fellow well, those uh. I'm going to be uh, uh, letting you go here. I don't want to take too much more of your time, but uh, just want to remind the listeners, uh, March 6th, 2018, Speed the Dawn comes out. So if you're, you're going to be listening to this on March 6th. So go to Amazon or Barnes & Nobles or wherever you want to go, wherever you get your, your books, and go uh, go check out Speed the Dawn. It's, uh, I've been reading it, and it's uh, it's uh, it's, uh, it's been a fun, fun read. It's uh, action-packed, so I think uh, listeners will enjoy that. Um, is there anything else you want to say to the listeners before I let you go? Alan, I just want to say thanks, and and I would like to, to tell the readers that um, on my website there's a, there's a contact page and there's an email there, and I get those. I read all of those, and so any feedback, you know, any if you want to say hi or, or ask me a question, um, feel free. You know, it's uh, it's what it's there for. Okay, and that's philipdonley.com. I mean, so just go check it out. Just go check it out. All right, Phil, thanks so much, and it was uh, nice talking to you. Alan, anytime. Hopefully I'll talk to you next year. All right, yeah, absolutely. Thank you for listening to this episode of Meet the Thriller Author. I'd like to ask you to please review and rate this uh, podcast over on iTunes. It really helps me get the word out. If you take a few seconds of your time to uh, do that, it would be much appreciated. You can also visit my website at thrillingreads.com forward slash podcast for show notes on this episode, as well as information about the uh, podcast in general. And you can also sign up for my mailing list there. You'll be getting uh, special offers from our guests, as well as information, uh, behind the scenes information on the podcast. And uh, please do visit my author website at alanpeterson.com. I appreciate your support. And so until next episode, I will talk to you then.